This episode of Super Legit brought to you by the Glassdoor Emporium, Vaughn's Brand Whiskey, and the new TurboGrafx CD, so you can enjoy bigger games than ever and experience the latest CD plus G graphical experiences. And with the TurboTap adapter, you can play with up to four other gamers. TurboGrafx-16, the higher energy video game system. Welcome back to yet another episode of the Super Legit Podcast. We've done a whole bunch of them already. We're going to do a whole bunch more. And we have we have a full boat tonight, which is just so it's so much fun for me to see. Uh, those of you listening can't see anything other than we're going to need a uh, wait. Go back. Yeah. Say, <laughs> uh, can you? Yes. Can you say that again? Absolutely. Yeah. Let's let's retake this and get the get the line right this time. OK. Oh man, we have a full boat tonight, guys. It's... There's a shark. Uh huh. Yeah. No, that was perfect. Good take. I got it. I got it. Yeah, yeah, Sanders. Yeah. yeah. The beaches will remain open. Yeah. <laughs> Hyman with the classic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am so happy to see all of your faces in front of me. Um, and you know, the, the little bit of inside baseball for our listeners. But when we record this tomorrow, we get to see uh, uh, everybody's faces in person for our team barbecue, which I am incredibly excited about. Uh, I love these people. So by the time yeah. you hear this, we will have had that barbecue and yeah. maybe have gotten into a huge explosive fight and broken up. <laughs> yes, it is the no. first. Is it everybody's first? Uh, who, who's who's for tomorrow? Who who's is it? Their uh, Jesus Christ! I can't. Who form has a socialized? Socialized? Such a good start to a podcast. English, yes. Sanders. Who yeah. has who has socialized in the last year? The and beaches a half? shall remain open. <laughs> I love how Michael Hyman oh. is lecturing Sanders on good diction. What are you talking about? <laughs> I haven't. I haven't socialized. What a stupid thing to say, Jet. I have not socialized. Yet. I, I, I've been to a couple very, very small things, nothing at this level. So this is this is pretty exciting. I've only gone to a couple of Trump rallies, but uh, <laughs> yeah. but they were they were they were they were larger. Than yeah. I had a bunch of friends, acquaintances and friends of friends over in my backyard. No, I'm just fucking with you guys. You would have been invited. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone is staring at you aghast. Yeah, I, I just ran a kissing booth uh, for a little while last summer. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, those are lucrative. Yeah, it, it, it was it a dime or a quarter booth? Oh, we we, we didn't charge. <laughs> those are the good ones. Yeah, those it was quality yeah. booths. It was free with oh. a positive test result. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Positivity is now key. we'll kiss the coughs away. Oh my god! <laughs> All right, so I've got a I've got a question this week that I, uh, since we we were missing Sean Michael Boozer last week, I'm going to put him on the spot this time. Well, what? did you did you miss me or was I just not there? I feel like it was just the latter. Let's be honest. I, I missed you. Do you want us to take a poll around the group of who missed you versus who just noticed you weren't there? No, we I set up a would, survey that, monkey. That would, that would hurt. Let's just move okay, on. Okay, great. All right, we're going to go with missed you. <laughs> Withdrawn. All right. So what's the, what's the first thing? And when I say thing, I mean concept, uh, object, idea, philosophy, whatever, that you just you fell in love with and it felt like it just took over your life. It could have been like a TV show. It could have been, you know, improv, of course, one of those things for a lot of people. Just something like that. Maybe something very specific or something generalized that once you found it and, you know, maybe teenager or young adult, whatever, it just became 
an obsession for you. It can be dumb. It can be impactful. Whatever. Well, it's it's. Uh, it can, I think it's gonna be impactfully dumb. Uh, it's something that I should have realized. This is an acting teacher. This is after. Um, this is well after college. This was when I was a professional actor. Um, quotes, professional actor. Um, I was in SAG, let's say that. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> my acting teacher one day took me aside. He was like, you know, Sean Michael, you have a bit of a rebel in you. You're a comedian, right? I'm like, yeah, that's what I started out as. And uh, he goes, yeah, 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 yeah. Just cut me off. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, because of your rebelliousness, sometimes you do stuff that hurts yourself. He goes, you don't have to rebel against everything. And I was like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? But then after I internalized it, I looked at it and like, I do stuff. I go out of my way to make things harder for myself um, <laughs> just by like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go around that and make up uh, the, uh, some series of events that are going to be 10 times more difficult for me to do than doing what you asked me to do. Right. I'll show you by fucking my life up. And I... <laughs> I have since then, like, that is my first impulse is like to like, oh, no, nah, fuck that. I don't want to do that. I've learned to meter that with, well, I know you don't want to, but would that be easier than going around the long way? And uh, I feel like I've gotten better. And it's this happened much later in my life than I would have liked for it to happen. <laughs> um, but I still find myself doing stuff that causes me undue pressure that I would uh, do, just do it the way you've been asked. <laughs> Don't fight the power on every, uh, everything. I think that that's a, that's a personality trait that's very personal to me. And I, I bet it pops up for other people too. That thing of, oh, that's too easy. I have to do it the harder way, uh, for, for some reason that like, I, I don't know where it comes from. I, I can think of just going back to how many times, uh, it, it, it seemed too simple to take notes like you're in a meeting or you're you're you you have some some task ahead of you. It's like, no, I can just remember this because if I took notes, that would somehow be cheating and doing it the easy way. <laughs> and that would be wronging myself somehow when I can just put this real effort upon myself to remember these details that in five seconds I absolutely won't remember. But at <laughs> least then I can tell myself what a piece of shit I was. I appreciate your effort to make me sound better, but that's not what I'm doing. I'm, I'm <laughs> I'm I'm not doing it the way I've been told to do something like or the way it's been requested. I'm like, no, I'm going to do it this way. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, just like the rebel. I d it's a weird dynamic. I wish I was just um, uh, here. Here's my question, Sean Michael. Yes. Were you just rebelling against Jet trying to tell you that you are doing a good job at this and not taking it? <laughs> Couldn't you have just taken the easy way and said, yeah, Jet, I agree with what you just said. A little I yes and there. I, I <laughs> which is funny because we just talked about how good I yes and, except in my personal I life. That, yeah. <laughs> I know I, I, I take that back now. So for me, I think like I have similar uh, things I do, but it's always been more about control. It's like I'm not going to do your thing. I'm going to do it my way because mm -hmm. fuck you. I'm I'm not going to listen to you. Me. You can't control me, Dad. You know. So <laughs> I think that. Uh, it's, it's always control for me. And once I learned that, it was easier to be like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. That's my fucking issue. I got to so just do it. That's <laughs> like your first impulse too is like, no, fuck that. Uh, not to everything. 
It sounds like you, that's your first impulse. My, I, I have two very different sides. I have a side of like super pleasing. Like I want to do, sure, I'll do whatever you want me to do, but I'm not going to fucking do it your way. Like, does that make right. sense? Like, Interesting I, I feel like I still fight uh, action. <laughs> yeah. No, fuck that is also the first impulse of most teenage boys. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Yeah. You know, it's not with everything. Like, I don't sit there at Green Lines and go, no, I'm going to wait till I'm ready. Like, uh, it's just... Yeah. <laughs> See, this I would get behind. Oh, poop yeah. in the toilet. <laughs> like, consistent rebel is a character I want to see. That's I'm not pretty gonna cool. Go, I'm not going to follow society's rules. I'm wearing these pants for a reason. Right. Yeah. I like that. I'm wearing these shoes on my hands. Super. Um, Sarah, could you, could you walk over here, please? Um, we have a long-standing uh, policy here at the restaurant that we write down the customer's orders. It's just a simple thing. We write it down. That way things don't get mixed up. Well, um, so No, I, I get that. I get mm-hmm. that. I understand that's the way you do things. Um, mm. I just feel it's almost condescendingly easy to just remember the order and just shout it back to the chef when I get back there. Okay, the thing is, uh, every order you've taken tonight has gone out incorrectly. Um, you sent baby back ribs to that table of Orthodox rabbis. Uh, it, they found it insulting. Uh, they found it disappointing. Uh, and they wish that you had just simply written, wrote, wrote down their order. That was all there was to it. If well, you just- I, I understand uh, wishes and, you know... Um, I, maybe they. Sh- I wish that they would uh, broaden their horizons. You know, they're cutting themselves off from new experiences. Um, by because what some book told them to. Crazy. Again, the written word is the problem. We're trying to get Applebee's kosher menu off the ground, okay? And we've got to attract a new and different clientele. And you just simply adhering to the rules of your training would be great, right? You sent three margarita margaritas to that table over there. A table of middle school girls. Yeah, I'm. 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 I'm sorry. Uh, I'm. I'm not. I'm not old enough to drink. Uh, actually, just me and my friends. We can get the the diets, the diet cokes. We asked. Um, that'd be great. Kelly, what? Kelly, what? What are you doing? This is our shot. Wait, why Don't would you send stupid. us back? Don't be He's stupid. I want to get wrong with you. Yes. Come on. See, I think I'm with her. You guys, the interplay of the salty rim. With the sweet and sour, and oh, you guys, I think it's so much more exciting than Diet Coke. You really should broaden your horizons. Yeah, this is what we call in the business a happy accident. That's what we say here at Applebee's. Everything's a happy accident. Okay, you just contributed to delinquency of four minors, okay? We could lose our liquor license. I contributed to the opening of their minds more than anything. Listen, one of those girls is puking in her purse right now. Oh, she was raised right. Sarah, it's an issue, all right? And I, I'm afraid I'm going to have to let you go. We can't have that sort of <gasps> thing happen. This is... Sorry, Sarah, you can't work here anymore. But this was... This... All right, you just need to go ahead and... Babe, how was work? Huh? Did the did the bee get its apple? <laughs> um, no, the apple got its bee. <laughs> I, I, I don't have a work anymore. <laughs> what? What? Eric, um, I was quote-unquote, let go. And here's the crazy part. They let me go because I didn't write stuff down. I mean, that is ridiculous. I don't even think that's constitutional. I mean, honestly. I... Holy... But it's a thesis paper. Yeah. You can't... It's not an oral presentation, Sarah. It's a thesis paper. But I'm supposed to argue 
my point, and so that's what I'm doing. I'm arguing, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to write it down. This is your will. You will not be present to say it. It has to be written down. I understand it in theory, but I am a strong-willed woman. And so I think that my will, like my, my physical willing through the, uh, the, the forces, uh, the, the, the doors of death, they'll be able to feel my wants. Lady, I don't even know why you're here at this tattoo parlor if you just plan on telling everybody what's going to be on your arm. I mean, just let me put the ink on there. Well, the uh, best I can do, I'll meet you halfway. What if we do an abstract uh, version of what I'm going to say to people? Um, so just like a picture of your mom instead of the word mom? Well, no. It'd be much easier if I just put the word mom. But the way it works is that you have to sign your name on the giant check in order for you to get the $10,000 a year. I cannot. If you don't sign your name, we, we just can't give you the money. I can just give you my Venmo because I am not signing anything. We don't. Do you see how big this check is? It took three guys. You have a beautiful baby boy. Now, we just need you to sign the birth certificate to accept, you know, and put down that you're the parent. I, f I feel like you can see he's here. That's all the certification we need. He's been birthed. Oh my God, Sarah, I follow all your TikToks. You're the best TikTok creator that TikTok's ever seen. Can I have an autograph? Uh, would you settle for a selfie? Fuck off and die. <laughs> uh, <Jen. laughs> Which is my Venmo, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck off and die. It's a good one. <laughs> I like the I like the idea of like um, if someone refuses to sign the paper, then you, the hospital won't give them their child. Right. That was <laughs> I'm sorry, your child's just gonna have to grow up here in the nursery. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we got another one. You know? Arms and legs hanging over the bassinet. Your mother never claimed you. <laughs> yeah. You belong to Saint Mercy now. Yeah. Hey, Josh Spence. Hello. How about you? What was that uh, that first thing, whatever thing means to you, that you just fell in love with and never let go of? It's it's probably one of the things I'm I'm still uh, overly insanely in love with, and that is the guitar. I just, um, yeah, I I can't I can't help but not play the guitar. Um, as a matter of fact, me and. Uh, fellow castmate here steven uh, c james here we're, we're we're going over chords and learning some ramones tunes and um i think he's letting me do it more for my benefit <laughs> than, than for him uh playing. that's how a lot but, of things go in this team but i like i i have to I, I i have to share it um i think i think we're i was actually oddly enough talking about this with steven as well in a in a chat but like uh, I remember it was one, it was like spending the summer at my dad's house, and it was like was one of the first nights I've ever like stayed up all night. You you remember like the first time you stay up all night? It's kind of a kind of a big deal, or at least it was for me. And I remember it was just in those weird hours. I was watching MTV, and I saw uh I saw a Foo Fighters concert uh when they first started out, and it was it was in England, and like the sound was just there's so much feedback. And the guitar shape was just so crazy. And just, I remember just watching that show. And I just, it was like that line in 30 Rock was like, oh, I want to go to there. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I just, I fell in love with the guitar like right then and there. And I think like the following week, I, I bought a, 
No, I don't think it was the following week, and it was a it was a hundred and twenty five dollar PV guitar. It, it kind of looks like a Fender Stratocaster, which if you know what a Stratocaster is, it's like your prototypical guitar. But this was a knockoff because I couldn't afford it, and um, I I love the guitar so much. I wanted to know every single part that I actually disassembled the guitar and I couldn't put it back together. Oh. <laughs> Like I wanted to know how pickups work, and like it's it's like it's magnets wrapped around, uh, you, you know, and hold it to a pickup. And I, I didn't know how to rewrap the magnets. And I had uh, you know, you need a certain tension for the strings, and I, I that went all to shit. But uh, <laughs> I like that you prove that you were a guitarist by proving that you would not be an engineer. <laughs> <laughs> did you buy it at guitar mart or did you buy it like off craigslist where'd you find this i my my dad bought it for me at like uh like a world music type place and uh i was so bummed that he was like you know what? you got to save up for the next one uh to, you know, if you really want it and man i never like mowed so many lawns in my life and like cleaned so <laughs> many cars and uh i remember i bought uh an epiphone explorer at uh, Trader's Pawn Shop in Reseda, California, for ninety nine dollars, and I still have that guitar. Like I don't even play it anymore because, like, it's. Uh, I, you I took used... it apart, and you can't. Yeah, yeah, again, <laughs> I fucking took it apart again. No, uh, I used to be in like cover bands, and I used to record with it, and it's just, it's really, uh, it's, it's gone through a couple windows, <laughs> so it's pretty, it's, it's pretty <laughs> beat to sh- Yeah, what does that uh, mean? <laughs> like, like it literally has gone through windows. Like, like a car accident? No, like a like a plate glass. Like you window. were rocking so hard that you threw it through a window. Let's no. say that. Well, okay. If you guys will actually want to the, know the story, yes, that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, yeah. you can't you can't set this up and then just walk away from it. So yeah. I, uh, I was having a fight with my father later on, who's a raging alcoholic. Also proving you're a guitarist. Yes, very much so. <laughs> and uh, I, I grabbed his bottle. This uh, it was so good that he couldn't get like Jack Daniels. It was Vaughn's brand whiskey, and I was like, "You don't need this shit." And I like I threw it, and it like smashed against the wall. Made this huge like whiskey uh, stain Your against shot. this yeah, yeah, there you go. My dad's like, "You took something I love. I'm gonna take something you love." And he took took my guitar, and you know, like mm. those big sliding glass doors that like go to the outside. He yeah. just he grabbed it like an axe and just he just broke both the windows. So mm. um so now there's like a glass Rorschach on this uh Epiphone Explorer that has just shards of glass in it. And Did you particularly love that sliding glass door? It meant a lot to me. Yeah, that sliding glass door. There's so many uh you know, barbecues and pool parties I walk through. <laughs> I think my dad missed the point. Super. Hey, mom. Um, yeah? Just a quick one. Uh, first off, sure. I love Fluffy so much. Best dog ever. Uh, uh, me too. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Just so great. Um, quick question, though. Sure. Where, where does a dog's liver go if you're putting it back in the body, wait. I, I, I was. You're asking, the the liver, the organ that uh-huh. the, yeah. filters the blood. Yeah, just I'm a little confused. I wasn't sure which side, um, precise location. Just super theoretical question, mom. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it goes right between the right between the kidneys and the pancreas uh, is where I mean, like that, that's where it's located on the dog. Is this I've never the pancreas? Where, where do you put is, it? Is, I mean, is this the pancreas? Uh, that's a pancreas. Um, okay, got it. I'm pretty sure I know where that one went. Okay, so, thanks. Can I, yep. because this was a hypothetical question that had a uh-huh. prop. Um, yes. Can I, can I just, it, I, I hate to bust in with a question. No, it's fine. Uh, I hate to respond to a question with we, a question. We have um, an open, we have a very open family here. We talk about everything. We do. We do. And, and, you're, I so, always, and you're so giving to me, Mom. Well, Fluffy, you know, again, best gift ever. I always want you to be able to come to me with anything. All right, okay. and you're not going to get in trouble. I just where did, I know wh- I know that about you. Okay, all right, so go ahead. Where sir. did that was a pancreas? Uh, and I assume it still is, but yes. Go yeah, on. Well, I, so the question here is, uh-huh. uh, and, and let, let me first by saying something, and then I will ask my question. I have impressed myself by being able to recognize a pancreas. Uh, it's been a long time since I took high school biology, so I, that that I, is my I'm affirmation. Too. Like, and now I my question is, where know did as it much come as from? you do, Mom, about this sort of thing. Like, I just I want to say you impress me every day, and you make me want to be as good an adult and a parent as you will be one day. Now, please go on ahead. Well, so, so that was my affirmation. My affirmation is that I have impressed myself, and my question yep. is, what did that pancreas belong to? Let's say a dog. A dog. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And yep. uh, so that's that's good. Now, uh, um, now I'm gonna I'm gonna start with an affirmation. Great. Uh, I like I, these. I am I am very impressed today at my ability not to jump to a worst case scenario. Uh, and my question is, which dog? Hmm. Wow. See, I suspected you were going to go in that direction. I hoped you wouldn't, but I suspected you would. Now, do I have to answer this question, or can I take the fifth? So before you ask that question, I, w- I would like you to affirm something about yourself. Okay. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. I forgot Thank this. You. Okay. All right. Um, I respect uh, and I'm impressed by my ability to predict the direction a conversation is going to go and attempt to steer it in a direction that will benefit me and reduce blame, uh, even if I don't always succeed at that effort. That's fantastic. That's cool. That's great. Okay. Thank you. All right. All right. Um, what was the question again? I don't know you were asking. Mom, you know how we have that rule, like, we can ask any questions and you can't get mad at us for anything because you respect us? Mm-hmm. Um, what oh, is could the... Could you quickly say something nice about yourself? Um, I am, I'm hilarious. You are. I'm hilarious. You are. Okay, go on. I'm, I'm sorry. And, um, funny, funny question. What's the legal amount of drinks you can have before you drive a car? Well, uh. Because I'm just, you can't, just wondering. So, uh, just sizing up your height and weight, I would say Mm -hmm. that it is, uh, one and a half ounces of hard liquor or, Mm -hmm. uh, or, or two beer, two beers. Now I I have a question Mm -hmm. about why you're going to ask that question, but -hmm. first I want to say that I, to affirm about myself that I could have been one of those people at the fair who guesses your weight. Because I was able yeah. to look at you and just guess your body weight and size and maybe how much like bread or something heavy you've eaten today to be able to tell you exactly what would bring you to a 0.06. Uh, 
Uh, I, I mean, mean technically, in your case, any point oh anything would still be DUI because you're under the age of 21. Hey, babe, before I get out of here, just need to affirm that I'm a really great uh, father figure and positive male role model for our son. And just overall, I'm great with the kids. You are. Uh, you are. I have had a secret family for 12 years. Did you have a question? <laughs> Legit. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which I should have affirmed myself before I said that. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, Josh, was there any more to the, your, your beautiful guitar love before we continue on? No, I think we're good. Uh, I can't wait to I can't wait to hear what more you no, do with um, that. And uh, no, no, no. If we're, if we're being honest, uh, I know that took a weird left turn. Um, that, no, I, oh, I, that's what this show is about. We could have renamed yeah. it Weird Left Turn. Sure, yeah. but uh, I, that was that was probably the one thing that I actually that was the first thing I really learned to stay consistent with and practice with every day and play. Uh, I've spent so many nights just uh, running drills uh, and playing. Foo Fighter songs while watching like Conan O'Brien or like the eighth rerun of Sports Center. Um, that's I I I get just it offered me so many great experiences. I know it also sounds like uh, improv in a way because like uh, I got yeah. I got into bands and I started recording and uh, just it's a, it's another connection that you share with people and um, I'm again going back to uh, Stephen here. I'm really glad that he's letting me uh, show him how to play guitar because it's mean it means so much to me that like. Like I'm just like I'm. I have a huge smile right now. So within um, the first <laughs> two minutes, I was like, I didn't know that. That's the way that works. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm definitely a rookie. Oh, that's powerful. So, uh, yeah, the guitar, love it. I will always love it. Aww. All right. Well, on that extremely uh, passionate, loving uh, answer, uh, let's move on to someone else. Let's try uh, M- Michael Hyman. <laughs> Michael Hyman, how about you? What's that? What's that first thing that really, uh, really got you that stuck with you for a long time? Dodgers. Uh, no, I, I, Can't. I, you know, as as people were answering, I was thinking about this and what has been most consistent. Um, it has been video games. <laughs> Attaboy. boy, sure. You know, uh, as a kid, I'm like thinking thinking about my my time, my childhood, and like I never played sports when I was really young. Like I didn't do little league until I was like ten, which is which was way too late. Like. I was playing with other kids that were like, oh, uh, they all know what they're doing and I barely don't know what's going on still. Mm-hmm. And at the time I was like, yeah, I love baseball. I love going to games with my dad. And then I was like, I don't know how to play this game. Uh, to put that like experience in a weird perspective, my first season of Little League, my team won the championship. I did not get a single hit. <laughs> <laughs> so... I was a really big part of it. But um, is that where you? But you practiced your morale there. That's why you're like yeah. a super fan now, because you really learned how to sit and cheer for a whole game. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know how to do that, um, that either. I was you're not good still at that. a non-hitting part of winning teams. That's yeah, true. the Dodgers won the World Series last <laughs> they year, did. and you I didn't, didn't get, a, get a single hit. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Although I have, I've been playing adult softball with like friends from work, and we have won games. And I do get hits now. Yeah. So, but Michael, as a kid, you, you need that guy on the team because otherwise they run through the rotation four times. But with you there, they can only go yep. three times mm-hmm. because he's yeah. not going to get a hit. He's they needed you, so you didn't skunk other teams. That's true. I, for one, salute you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, but video games, you know, like our early age, you know, Tetris, Mario, the original Nintendo's, the first Game Boy, you know, 
they're fun. They like I got engaged with them and it was something to, you know, feel good, I guess. And then you 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 complete them and you feel a sense of accomplishment, which, you know, I'm thinking about it. I don't know if I had much in other places in my life from an early age. And, but then, like, then video games grow and they advance. And I'm like, oh, these games are impacting me on an emotional level when I play through your Final Fantasies or, you know, games like that. Plus, you get make great friends. I, you know, have great deep friendships with my fr- some of my closest friends because we play games together, too. Josh, what was sorry. What was the first game that you completed... Mm. That like, ha- yeah, yeah. Everybody knows that feeling. You complete a game that really means a lot to you. What was that first game? To be honest, that first Mario on Nintendo, I never actually finished. Ooh. But I did get in the habit when I started playing uh, Sonic. Yeah, Those I did. I remember like finishing that first Sonic game, and then like all of them. And the best one though was Sonic Maybe. Three because uh, in two and three you could play it two player. Together, one person mm. controls tails. Tails, yeah, yeah. And then they came out with Sonic and Knuckles on the yeah. Genesis, which slotted in and was the own standalone game. But you could slot Sonic Three into it, and it was like two mm-hmm. cartridges, you know, human centipeding into the Genesis, and you could play. And it's just an even longer game that you could play the whole thing two player. Can can we make sure to call this episode "Human Centipeded into the Genesis"? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want is. that to be a verb that starts yeah, trending. Yeah. 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 That, that is, is one hell of a that is rock how album. The yeah. Book yeah. of Genesis reads. That's my favorite part yeah. of the Book of Genesis is the human yes. centipede part. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's <laughs> uh, it is describing this very long human centipede. Sega had so many add-ons for the Genesis. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. you can have a the Genesis and then the Sega CD. Yep. And then the 32X, the 32X which was yep. just like, those are more attempts to expand on things that failed. The CD right. failed, and they're like, okay, cartridges are still the thing. The 32X. I loved, like, the, I had the idea, like, okay, this thing goes on top of the Genesis. You could mm-hmm. also get a game uh, genie that goes into that, yep. which mm-hmm. stacks even higher. And yep. then, oh, then I'm going to put Sonic and Knuckles and yes. Sonic 3 on that. So there it's like yeah. this tall cartridge even longer it's like failure russian nesting dolls yes <laughs> i don't under i don't understand like what do you mean you're putting games on top of games well like, some of it wasn't games some like the game genie was it was a cheat cube kind of yeah yeah, yeah. Which it was, was this awesome. device that would plug into the cartridge slot and then the cartridge would plug into it and it would act as an intermediary between the game cartridge and the uh-huh. console and it would kind of hijack memory and so you'd put codes into it and it would basically rewrite uh, rewrite code in the memory so that you would have infinite lives or oh. superpowers or whatever. So it was a cheat device. It's something oh. in between the cartridge and the system. In a lot That's of cases, cool. especially later games, like when you had the the game was the game Shark or whatever, like you'd have one that plugged into the back of yeah. your su- uh, PlayStation. Yeah. You're just yeah. basically the memory unlocking card slot. things that were present in the game that just aren't meant to be accessed by the consumer. Yeah. You're like That's test cool. modes and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Sexy. And so Sonic and Knuckles, for instance, was a full on Sonic game, but it was shaped kind of like that game genie in that you could plug previous Sonic games into it and it would modify them to add this new character Knuckles yeah. into the previous game. Yeah. So there's a whole backstory for why that happened because it was meant to be in a, it was actually meant to be in Sonic 3, but they couldn't release it in time. So there was just all this complexity there. But yeah, they had all these add-ons. And so yeah, like he was saying, you could add add-on to the add-on to the add-on to the add-on. Sega would went just nuts with that. And the PlayStation only exists because Sony was working with Nintendo to make a CD add-on to the Super Nintendo. 
and it was going to be called the Nintendo PlayStation. Yeah. And they had a big fight over yeah, Sony wanted it to be a brand new system. Nintendo wanted it to be an expansion to the mm-hmm. system. And so they finally split ways. And the PlayStation came about because of the split from Nintendo. And then Square's split from Nintendo came right after that. Yeah. Yeah, they moved but these, over. These are things yeah. these are things that the companies themselves are producing so that mm-hmm. you can amplify your game experience. This well, is not we, like everyone got this like black market cartridge and we're all no, the, the, right. the game oh, no, genies it was were a like, third yeah, party. Yeah, yeah, third that's party. what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah like, that was so, you know how back in the, the 1920s they made the movie Wizard of Oz and then yes. in the 70s they made the album Dark Side of the Moon. Uh, <laughs> so same yes. You yes. it in at the third Lion's Roar and then yep. you watch mm-hmm. it and then something happens that's never actually been witnessed. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> and then All right, this makes sense to me. In the 1980s they invented marijuana. Right. And then that yeah. connects 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 to make yes, both to of everything. It makes better. you want to take apart a guitar. Anytime you can parallel video games to anything Judy Garland has done, that right. will help me understand what that's... you're talking about. Okay? So that's the only that's, this that's is the, the masterclass I'm teaching. That's my touchstone. Uh, yeah, yeah. Bring it back to Human yeah. centipeded <laughs> Wizard of Oz. Uh, they don't get this in depth <laughs> in it, but that documentary on Netflix, High so Score, good. is so good. very good. And yeah. I, it, it, uh, when it finished, I was like, "This is begging for another season because there's just so much there's more. So much yeah. more. You in could there, do yeah. one season just on that time period, like the yep. the big console wars." Yeah, because uh, it was that it was just it was always it was one upping each other, but then also having to one up these like third party hackers almost that were like building workarounds. Super, my dearest Sarah Bell, I write to you from the front lines of the console wars. Today was a hard day. We lost two men, but fortunately, we were able to find a green mushroom and got one back. It was a difficult day. I stumped on so many mushrooms, I couldn't tell when I was invincible, and when I was big, and when I was- Joseph, what happened to the trumpet we bought you? I- (laughs) Did you throw it- did you I, throw it through the glass door again? I, I, Jesus! Look, Jesus Christ! My brother had broken something very important to me. Uh, he broke uh, a, a wooden door. Uh, so I broke his glass door. Did you break the All trumpet? Right? I haven't been able to speak because I'm speechless right now I that can't... you would have broken the trumpet that, you know what, she says we, but this is like your mother got you that trumpet. I didn't want to because I knew this would happen, Look, but I, I, I wanted her to I, be happy. I, I can, so just, I said, when, get him that when trumpet. I, when I tuck you in at, at, at night and I give you a kiss on the forehead and you get to go to sleep, I don't go to sleep. I go and I work the late shift at the diner down the street, okay? You didn't know this. Your father's unemployed. All the money comes in from your mother. He's been going your to- Your mother bought that trumpet. Look, I, 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 he gets up in the morning. He goes to Uncle Kevin's. We didn't want you to know, but he hasn't worked in like two years, okay? He's been hanging out at Uncle Kevin's house. I, uh, okay, I'm, I'm taking a lot, of, a lot of things I did not know, but I, I, I have found a workaround. Watch. All right, ready? Nothing up to sleep. And now? No, Joseph, we know! We know! That's how we... I know that! That's why I'm asking you where the trumpet went, Joseph. We've been listening to you practice your hand for like a week. I I consider it a harmonica of the spirit. It's a hand. You're playing the hand. 
two hands technically. I don't split hairs. If, if you don't come clean and tell us where the goddamn trumpet is, your spirit is going Language. to be playing a spirit harmonica. You're right. I'm sorry. It's okay. I love you. If you don't come clean, I love you too. And I just thank you for letting me fuck around all day, every day. Oh, okay, fine, 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 fine. You, you want to tell you? I'll tell you. Okay, so the, the, the trumpet, I threw it through a glass door. Uh, it landed on the ground, but it was filled with broken Your glass. Your great, great, great grandmother's glass door? That glass door is an heirloom. Yeah. So, okay, it's been so, passed down. I, I'm we sorry, put so, that over on a boat. So I was going boat. to bring that up after we solved the mystery of the missing trumpet because I walked I, I, by I, I, this I'm morning so, I'm sorry. I, to I give your great 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 grandmother's glass door a hug as I always do every morning I, because I it deserves as much. And I was surprised to see that it was in pieces. Right. Shattered. And, and, and I'm sorry. And, and, and as I said, as I said, I'm, I'm sorry. I, w- I was going to clean it up. Uh, I was going to do, do my best to, to tape it back together or to to use glue of some kind. You cannot tape back your father's heart, Joseph. You can't do that, okay? The damage has been done. You know, it's same thing, but about the trumpet for your mother. Yes, thank you. Well, so after the trumpet went through the glass door, it, it was laying there and it was filled with broken glass. And that's when Wenton Marcellus walked by. Uh, and, and he picked it up and he began playing it, but that broken glass went into his body. Uh, Ken... Uh, please come in. Uh, Mr. Burns, um, we really appreciate all the work you've done, but the idea of marrying the Civil War um, documentary and the uh, console wars um, with your jazz documentary is is not working at all. It's very, very highly manipulated. It, it doesn't seem natural. So you're saying I struck out? <laughs> Legit. <laughs> I love that Ken's in the puns. Oh. I love that you're on a first name basis with Ken Burns. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Would you say it was a flat note? I do remember growing up where like, because you guys are talking about these console wars. I, I don't fully grasp it, but um, I remember it being a very big thing. Like if you had a Nintendo or if you like, if you played Mario or Sonic, because where uh-huh. I grew up, most families you were lucky if you could afford one. You definitely weren't having. I two. love that you're such a great New Yorker and you say Mario. Mario, <laughs> I know that too. Yeah. Oh, it just what it hurts it? my heart. Super it's Mario. 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 It's a me, Mario. It's a me, Mario. Oh yeah, yeah. But that's yeah. how he says it. He's Italian though. No, he's not. He doesn't right? say yes. Mario. He's. He's Japanese, technically. Right. He says oh, his Mary. name. So you the think way he, it's you're pronounced. saying he doesn't say his name properly? I, <laughs> Super Mario Brothers. Nope. No. Nope. Mario. Mario. Mar. You know what's funny? My last name is Mar. You think I could say it, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I got it. Mario. Now my soul just M-A- dies a little bit every time I hear that, but I what's hear it his, a lot. All right. What's his All brother's right. name? Is it Loogie? It's Luigi. <laughs> I know Luigi. Hey, it's Luigi. I know Luigi. I remember Luigi the most because in, in Mario 2, when he would jump, he'd be like, and his legs would flail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was yep. the fucking worst character to play unless mm. there was a jumping level. But he was, he was yeah. probably the, the most challenging the best. character to play. You couldn't control him. So you think he's yeah. the one that SMB would have done? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Or I guess oh, Jet, really. This, Jet would ex- do. Except you know the jumping I, level. I deserve to do 
Luigi. Yeah, yeah no, Luigi's my, been my guy, yeah. Until uh, Wario. Then Wario's my guy and everything. Allie, you want yeah. your mind blown about Super Mario 2? I guess, yeah. Here we go. That wasn't a Mario game to begin with. Nope. What do you mean? It When that game was developed and conceived, it was not going to be a Mario game. It shouldn't have been. It was the fucking worst one. It didn't make any sense. <laughs> oh, it was there so was, fun. Was just it was played through them all the recently, and I, I gained a lot of extra respect for that game. It's beautiful. But yeah, Hyman's right. In Japan, it was called Doki Doki Panic. It had nothing to do with Mario at all. But the actual Super Mario Brothers 2 in Japan, which we, we eventually received here as what they call the Lost Levels, is just the most evil troll version of Super Mario Brothers you could ever play. It's like if 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 the Mario de- developers were both uh, high the entire time and just laughing maniacally at how they could screw over the players, it's it's evil. It's it's amazing, but it's terrible. And they realized we cannot release this in the United States. So they took another game and rebranded it. There's uh, a whole the US. history of that because like Dirty Dancing 2. Is not actually a yeah. dirty dancing movie, uh, and Empire Strikes Back was originally a Columbo episode. Uh, but there's this like <laughs> history of this happening over and over in the universe. Yeah. Hey, uh, Michael Hyman, I think you have our ad for this week. I would, I would love to hear that about now. It seems like the right time. You think that's the thing you want to hear? Yes. <laughs> so I think we got a new rebel in the house. <laughs> Hey, right. kiss your mother yeah. with that mom? It's me, Michael Hyman. Fuck your yeah. ad. I'm <laughs> <laughs> a punk rock ad executive. <laughs> All right, I've got the tape. Hey, friends, come on down to Soup. There it is. That's right, you guessed it. It's inspired by the real thing. All of our delicious soup-like dishes spread out on giant tables for you to all enjoy. Come on down. You can try each one, or you can try none of them. That's right, they're bottomless. It's all up to you, however you want to do it. All Join all the other tortured souls at Soup There It Is by sampling, or not sampling, or eating all of, or eating none of, all of our gross, delicious cod swallow. You might ask yourself, or wonder, it's almost too much meat, but maybe it's not. This is a little bit of a gray area. Soup, there it is! Come have some soup! <laughs> Still I mean, better than Soup Plantation. Yeah, there we go. Way I'm less racist. I really feel like a significant portion of the American population would religiously go to Jump Soup, there it is. Right. Yep. In in that state, the, the part that it was really hard to listen to him because all that that the undertoning of the slurping in the background was almost too much to take. Mm. <laughs> I feel like that's a real filter on your audience right there. Yes, <laughs> I also like anyone calling any food restaurant anything to do with it's a real gray area. <laughs> How ap- that's, that's appetizing. Uh, that's another line straight out of uh, the Applebee's headquarters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and my uh, septuagenarian porn movie. <laughs> oh. Wow! Wow! What? Uh. It just—it's still in the writing phases. What? Mm. <laughs> uh, and that was respect. That was respect mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. You feel yes. that long, quiet beat of respect mm-hmm. I just got? That was it. Yeah. That was pin dropping respect. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. was actually originally a cocoon sequel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, since you spoke up there, Stephen C. James, how about you? Let's uh, let's throw this the same question at you. What's that first thing that you just you fell for and it, it stuck with you for a long time? I mean, I 
I I loved like the video game conversation, but that was like way beyond the pale of how far I got into it. Like, but mm-hmm. I also never beat the first Super Mario Brothers. Weirdly, I think in high school I discovered uh, uh, I read across the book The Tao of Pooh, and I was just like, oh, Taoism. That's my way of looking at the world, and it was just this idea of going the way of the water, like unlike what John Michael Booz were saying, instead of trying to find like that hard path, just taking a look and just sort of relaxing into things and just trying to go uh, like literally with the flow, like trying to be that solid state, that uncarved block um, and just having that state of being and just stillness uh, was something that really like stuck with me and has gotten me through like some real hard ass times uh, and then, like, uh, later on in life, like, marrying that to the idea of the four agreements, too, has been, mm. like, one of those yeah. overarching, like, places of where I can find stillness in the times. And I'm just like, everything is fucked. Yeah. That sounds like a much better way to go at things. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, I, I would never judge. Uh, and nor would I tell you that it's a way to change you, sh- uh, a change you should make. Cause I know then you'd be like, no, I'm not making that change. Yeah. Um, so dude, you do not need to read that book. Don't read that book, man. <laughs> I bet you can't read that book. You little bitch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the four agreements though, that's, that is really centering. Like that's really good. Like, cause dude, especially like someone that likes to talk and like to make it, it's so nice to realize you don't have to. You can let that go. Yeah. Uh, I learned about that in an improv class. And it was something where uh, uh, Compton and I have become friends with uh, the woman, Amy Seeley. She came mm. in. We had, we had done like a million like jams with her, but I had never had her as a teacher. And she taught one class that I was in. She subbed because somebody like had food poisoning. She talked to us about that book and literally, literally changed my life. Like mm. I was like, oh, okay, great. This is now like another thing to a la a game genie to plug into like the Taoism <laughs> that I was already using to further enhance it. Yeah. Wait, you she plugged might... Allah into this philosophy? <laughs> what? I'm, I'm confused. I was yeah. not listening. <laughs> let's, uh, let's head up Chris Compton at this point. Chris Compton. Let's, uh... <laughs> this feels very Price is Right today. Um, like, yeah. <laughs> come on It is. Down. It yes. just kind of went that way, yeah. Um, well, especially when you have all eight people at once, it starts creating this, this entirely different uh, chain dynamic of it. Um, for me, it, it, it's probably redundant, uh, in this group of people in this medium, but, uh, it was comedy and, it, and it was like really specifically comedy as a way to say things that you want to say that you would not be able to say otherwise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I grew up <laughs> in the deep South and my parents were the South Columbia, South Carolina democratic party. Um, and so I spent like most of my life was in rooms surrounded by people with whom I disagreed with, uh, on almost everything, uh, which was good. Like great training. Don't do it to your kids. Um, (laughs) but what I realized was if I was funny while I said things, then people, then they would like, people would laugh and it was like an idea would like sneak through their mouth as it opened. Uh, And so like that was really and like and I was a like kid whose brain was all over the place who like was like filled with information uh, and all this was going nowhere. 
uh, until I learned like, oh, I can take <laughs> all of these bad habits about myself and point them in this one direction. Oh, does your is your brain an anxiety machine that produces worst case scenarios uh, at the top of that? Well, guess what? That's 90% of comedy. Yes, frightening. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, but it was great. And then like, you know, as I, as I got older, I realized that this was a way to get away with anything. Because guess what? It, Stephen will understand this. Teachers are fucking bored. They've seen this all so many times. If you're the one kid who's actually entertaining, sure, get, go do that. Go do that thing. Uh, yeah. They used to do like announcements. Uh, my school was small enough mm-hmm. that they would get the whole high school together and people could give an announcement. You know, like the key club is meeting today, you know. Uh, <laughs> and so I just started like making fake announcements. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and would just raise my hand. Uh, you know the uh, you know the uh, I can't remember any now. Uh, they were hilarious, um, but uh, but they would just get longer and longer and weirder. At one point, I told a it's a joke called the clown joke, which I will not tell because it's four hundred. But the whole point of it is it just goes on forever and then doesn't have a punchline. Uh, so I did this all through high school, and then after I graduated. This other kid decided to take up the take up the banner and was shut down immediately. <laughs> uh, but it taught me a valuable lesson. If you entertain authority figures, you can sneak away it's, from consequences. It's incredibly powerful. Uh, the, the magician uh, Brian Brushwood, <clears throat> who does uh, he did scam school and he's you know, he's really prevalent on the Internet. Uh, I saw him speak in person once and he talked about how in his experience without fail if you can make a police officer laugh you don't get the ticket i actually once that kept me from getting my car taken away yeah. uh so, so i was bored like this is like 80 ADD. like this as you talked about like i have to make things challenging for myself i think my version of that is like there's got to be some way i can make this boring thing entertaining mm-hmm. so uh i was at the dmv got like my driver's license picture taken this back in south carolina and so i just did i'm gonna do something that is completely invisible in this podcast but uh imagine someone just smiling by just stretching their face back so this was my driver's license picture was <laughs> um and it was like yeah i've entertained myself for four seconds during this thing so cut to i moved to los angeles uh, I've been here for several years. I've never gotten my license changed over. Uh, you're supposed to do that like within the first like month you're here. Yep. Uh, I had like, I had like been in the hospital and just got out of the hospital. I was just sneaking over to grab my car. Didn't have insurance. Didn't have like a valid license because I'd been in the hospital. And so I'm like, I'm just going to drive it for my friends, like work parking lot where I'd left it for the past couple months. Uh, and I'm just going to drive through Culver City and get on. Boop, boop. And the uh, police officer pulls me over and is like, your tags are expired. Can I see your license insurance uh, registration? And I'm like, well, it's not registered. Uh, and I don't have insurance. Um, can I see your license? And I'm like, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I have do not have a California license. Uh, I've lived here for several years. Uh, I should have realized I'm incriminating myself right now, but I'm going to keep talking. Uh, and he's like, I'm going to have to like get you out of your car and we're going to have to tow it and impound it. Uh, and I'm 
like, I, I just, I'm just trying to get home. Like, this is a law. Like, I mean, you you are a fucking trifecta. Like, what can I do? <laughs> just give me a license. What, what, do, you, do, you, do you actually have a license? Like, I do. It's valid. Uh, because in South Carolina, you, your license is valid for 15 years. Uh, so uh, here you go. And I hand him the license. And he looks at it and bursts out laughing. And he's like, just go home. Get, get a fix. Get a fix. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, oh man, that yeah. is a lesson. Yeah, so uh. that was everything my parents told me. Totally wrong. Uh, this is how you get through life. <laughs> oh my god, uh, Ali Mar, uh, how how do you do get through life? What was the thing that oh. that just got you going really? Um, it's oh. the original question. I'm just I'm just wording it off oh, of Chris Compton, we were, so it sounds I like a segue. It a, yeah, it felt like a pivot there for a yeah. second. Nope, was- nope. I'm sorry I misled you and see how beautifully this attempt at a clever segue worked out for me. <laughs> um, you made a challenge. I mean, for, the the honest first one would be performing, you know, and especially at the time it was tap dancing. I was a pretty uh, fantastic tap dancer. And so that was the, the start of it. And I, as you can probably guess, I was a pretty loud, loquacious child and would sing anywhere. Um, so like... Uh, so the first time I like got on a real stage with a real audience, I was at a dude ranch called Rocking Horse Ranch, and my parents would take us there, and it was like an all-inclusive, you eat in the mess hall with all the other families, and you get one horse trail a day, but you know, if you're, if you're an early bird, maybe you can catch that 5 a.m. trail, because no one's going to that. And so at night, they would have sorts of like arts and crafts for the kids or a movie. This is the first time I saw City Slickers and I cried because he put his hand up the cow's vagina. And um, then this one night, there was a band playing and my mom and dad took us and uh, we were supposed to like, you know, go to bed at eight o'clock or whatever. Like, But I went to the bathroom. I was seven. I was seven. And so I went to the bathroom <clears throat> and I'm in the bathroom and I'm on the toilet just singing my little heart out, you know, top of my lungs, singing. Wherever I went, I was always singing or dancing. And the person next to me, like, raps on the stall. And she's like, hey, there's no toilet paper. Can you pass me some toilet paper under the stall? And I'm like, sure thing, Noah. You know, like, just passing it under, singing my heart out. And I come out of the bathroom to wash my hands. And it's the lead singer. She's a, it's a woman. <laughs> and she's like you have the best little voice, blah, blah. You know, and she's chatting me up. And she's like, do you want to come on stage? And oh I was God. like, yeah, I do. Hold on. I have to ask my mom and dad. And I like go running out of the bathroom. I'm sure I didn't wash my hands. I like run to my parents. And my mom and dad were like, yeah, sure. She can fucking go on stage with you. <laughs> and they were co- they were like a cover band. They were playing all songs I knew. It was like oh, you know, nice. family, family style stuff. So they let me come up. And I sang Wind Beneath My Wings for my mother. Which like brought the house down, just tears. Like this one's dedicated to my mom. You know, everyone's ah. like, oh, like just grabbed him, um, and did a good job. And they were like, "Do you want to stay and play with us?" They gave me a tambourine. I begged my parents. My mom took the other three kids upstairs, and my dad stayed. I'm sure my now in hindsight, my dad was probably like, "Yeah, please stay. I'd love to stay at the bar." <laughs> I stay at the bar by myself till 11. Like, you know, in my head, he was doing me a favor. And now that I'm saying this out loud, I'm realizing what was going on. You're um, doing hip on, yeah. Yeah. And so I stayed and I, I stayed till the end. I played the whole set with them. And then I was like, thank you so much and giving hugs. And my dad comes up and my father was a professional sound man for a rock and roll band for a long, a long time. And he still does sound. And he used to do all my all the community theater productions I did. He was the sound guy. 
So he came up at the end and he was like, no, you're not going to bed. If you want to do this for a living, you're going to load out. You're not just going to see the glory. Ah, you're nice. not, I'm not going to let her just perform on stage and go to bed. Like if she wants to be a singer or an actor or whatever, she's going to have to see all of it. And so I spent like an hour helping them load out and like rap, learning how to like wrap cords and just whatever uh -huh. a seven-year-old could do at that time, carrying whatever I could, you know, holding a door, just like little things. But he made me stay awake and, and close the whole thing out. And uh, that, that really stuck with me. He was always really big on being like, whatever job you're doing or if you're whatever, for me, it was whatever production you're in. Like, it's not just about being the star. Like, you have to know everything that the ensemble is doing. You should know all of the tech guys, whoever's dressing you in between, you know, if you have a, if a rushed costume change, you should know their names and thank them personally. So he was really big on that. And I think that that concept stuck with me. I want to give your dad like a Father's Day high five. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is, is that why you insist on showing up with crew for all your call times now? You're like, no, yeah. I will be there at 4 a.m. with yes. the rest of you. That's, to be fair, I did load out last week. Michael Hammond and I hung out after and I stayed. So that was, that was my version of that. But yeah, it was, it was probably performing. Um, I was performing everywhere all the time and it stayed with me my whole life. And even teaching, like that's what teaching preschool is you know you're just you're on all the time you know <laughs> so yep. it was performing it was a tough crowd the other one would have been poker but that happened later in life <laughs> you know that was that was my version of a video game you know like what can i do for 12 hours at a time poker. <laughs> <laughs> and potentially make some money yeah, yeah. just like video games yeah. yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it's, it was a community right like if you're really, really into anything, you find your people who are also really, really into something, and then you all stick together and you keep doing it. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, exactly, like this. That's <laughs> that, right. Like, honestly, that's the secret of happy adulthood is that it doesn't matter what the thing is. Yeah, just find yeah. a bunch of people who want to really focus on something, and that's a good group of people to be in. And I yeah. think that's where a lot of like uh, communities spring up around fandoms of like dumb things, you know, like uh, uh, like David Koresh. Is that what we're talking about here? Or no? <laughs> mm. <laughs> David Koresh fandom. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not as popular as he once was. Right. Yeah. No, a real spike and dip with that guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His Google trends are like a, a thing to see. <laughs> But yeah, I, I think anything that gets people to to connect around one thing, and then that thing oftentimes uh, can can kind of fade away into the background because it was just it was the connecting glue. But then you 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 find your tribe in there, and then it's it's just about the people, uh, and 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 it, it, the rest of it's an excuse, whether it's the the TV show or or whatever it is. Hey, uh, I, I think you're up uh, next and last, Chris Sanders, because that's just how the dice uh, rolled. But what's uh what's your thing? What was that first thing that really just made you feel when in love with something and and you couldn't let it go? Well, it's kind of boring because it's it it can be both uh you know just performing or comedy uh and more along the lines of like what Compton was talking about is is the uh is when you realize you had you have a power like you were the one that caused that laughter. And then I, from that, you, uh, piecing together that moment. And when I was, I, I don't know, maybe 10 or 11 or something, when I pieced it all together of like, this person is laughing, what just happened? 
Mm-hmm. I said something. What did I say? And you, it's like deconstructing a joke. <laughs> and you, and you yeah. didn't... I think what makes it so significant for the for the performer cuz just about that could happen for just about anybody but the uh i think it's only real like real comedians or musicians or artists uh are the ones that take note of it mm-hmm. they i think a lot of people have that moment where they like realize they said something that made someone laugh but that's as far as the thought process goes and for me it was like it was the capsule on the pill disintegrating and the 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 medicine like surging through my veins. And it's all <laughs> I wanted after that was to just pursue that high of now I know I can make it happen and just trying to make it happen again. Uh, but because I had like, from then on, I was just, that's all I wanted to do was just play characters, just act, just be different people. Um, but then since I, and and I did do that all through like, so like middle school, like late middle school and then all through high school and the one semester of college I did before I joined the army. But that, that joining the army is what like just put a complete just stop on that process. So I then had this, not that I couldn't be creative or have those thoughts in the army, but I, I couldn't perform them. Um, I did find ways to like, uh still use comedy and still like explore that tool uh and would often make my soldiers laugh or often my superiors laugh but i i was only able to do that once i got to a point where i could back myself up by doing just being really good at my job yeah uh yeah before i was like fit enough and experienced enough to just always be really good at my job no matter the situation I couldn't open my mouth because I couldn't back it up. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then once I got out, it was like it all came back, like the hunger of that's all I want to do. But all sprinkled throughout that, too, every point in my life have been video games that (laughs) I was never really into sports either. Uh, I played chess. I was on the chess team and the golf team in high school and then theater. Uh, So... Yeah, nothing like I, I feel I, like you could have combined those sports in some way. I said yeah. it's, it was it's boring because it's answers that have already been given. So there's nothing really new to add. Yeah, but I, I think there's a lot of that drawing off of it, especially as people are hearing some of these ideas. It's it's digging into them because I had all sorts of thoughts in my head of, of those early passions. But you guys kind of pulled out that exact thing for me, which I think uh, I think shoot night uh, uh, live audience night of a sitcom was the most incredibly powerful experience I ever had when I was acting professionally. And, you know, and most of that was, you know, when I was a kid and and a teenager, but the whole sitcom process was always amazing to me. And we've kind of moved away from it a lot, but the, the classic multi-camera sitcom, there's a, there's an art to it. That's incredible because you go from the early stages. And for me, you know, starting out at the audition level, you know, the audition process, you get the sides sent to you. So, you know, a few pages of the script faxed to you back in those days, you know, you uncurl the fax from your, 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 uh, uh, heat sensitive fax paper machine that you can afford at home because you can't really afford the fancy one that prints with, uh, ink on regular paper. <laughs> um, and you know, you memorize the heck out of that. You go in there, you read for the casting director's assistant, 
And then you get a call back for the casting director. And then you get a call back for the producers. And that's the first stage where things change because suddenly you're reading for a group of people. And it's a group of people who really both matter and personally know and identify with the characters because some of them are writers. They're all, this is, this is personal to them. So then suddenly you have a group reacting to what you're doing and you're getting laughter that you didn't necessarily get from the casting director. The casting directors are oftentimes blank slates. Some of them are responsive, but usually like you don't know what you're getting until you get the, the phone call from your agent that you got a call back. And it's like, Oh, I guess they liked me, but then you get the producers and the producers care at a level where they respond really heavily. And so that's your first immediate feedback to what you did. That's like, oh, people are laughing at this and it, it, it ups you a little bit. And then you get the part and you get to the table reading and the table read process is amazing because the entire cast sitting around a table scripts open in front of them, just reading the script in the state it's in while the writers and producers are all around them listening and taking notes and everybody's laughing. The cast is laughing. The producers are laughing, everything. And it's it that's special right there. It's like this whole new level of you get some degree of a performance. You get a sense out of yourself of what it's going to feel like. You get a sense from everybody else. You're actually acting off of other people. That's amazing. And then from there, you know, sometimes they'll do rehearsals that first day, but usually you go home. And then the second day you come back, there's a new script. They've heavily modified it based <laughs> off the notes from that. And so now you're learning new stuff and you're rehearsing on the actual stages, you know, half-assed, but it's there. And each day over the five-day process, the script is getting rebuilt and, re and, and reconstituted and tweaked and edited. Sometimes it changes 100% by the final day. I had one where literally it was, it was un unrecognizable from day one. Most of the time, though, it's just m notable but heavy changes. And then that final day, you've got the dress rehearsal. And so that's, you know, you really, this is, you're running through it exactly the way it's going to be with the actual clothes and everything. And then you get to shoot night. And it should be the same thing, except the audience is there and the audience changes everything. And it's the most incredible, magical experience because you're on the stage performing the same lines with the same people and the same props that you have been for several days now. But they're laughing at the things you say and your entire performance changes as a result. And I felt myself doing things I had never done before, saying things, punching things, reacting to things, and putting on a performance unlike any I'd ever had because I had that instant feedback of, is this working? Mm -hmm. and, is, and, and sometimes the things that worked were things that had never worked before. You never knew that line was funny. It wasn't funny to you. It wasn't funny to the producers. The audience loved it, and it's, it changes the entire meaning of it because somebody else saw something no one else did. And so that entire sitcom. Process. I would like to go to there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, I think this is where the, cause I know a few of us, like probably the majority of us have uh, been diagnosed with ADD or ADHD. I think on this, At podcast. this point. Yeah. Yeah. I think, if, I think the number's increasing by the episode. <laughs> I never officially was, but I was just given Prozac for really no reason when I was like yeah. 13. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> if if not clinically, we've diagnosed each other, I think, through mm -hmm. this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think that that's one of the areas where, you know, we've talked about, Jet and I have talked about, like, it can also be a superpower. Yeah. And I think in, especially for a small child in this environment where having uh, the ability to focus on your peripheral as strongly as you focus on what you're doing is a real superpower for a child in this scene. And, like, the the fact that you liked 
everything was changing. The the next day I had to learn a completely new script. Like that is a very ADHD. Like a lot of kids would be like, this isn't the same as it was yesterday. You know, and the idea of being like, oh, it's a whole new challenge. I have to do everything all over again. Cool. Let's go. You know, like that's a very ADHD superpower of like (laughs) wanting the challenge, wanting the change. Responding to the audience without breaking the fourth wall, I think, is a very ADHD quality. Because oh my god, yeah, you know, you're you're still doing what you're doing, but you're paying attention to four hundred things at the same time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that just you talking about it with that level of passion was like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I can see baby. <laughs> yeah, I can totally see baby Jet like just yeah. fucking thriving. You know, was this the most passionate we've ever heard Jet? Because those, because <laughs> every other time we're always fucking with him. As soon as he starts talking, and all of us were just like EF Hutton, Wrapped. like fucking listening yeah. to every <laughs> single like that was magical, Jet. Yeah, uh, we could, I could see it. It worked. And also, you were like, you were like looking up and off, like he, you were having. He like, really was. Yes, like I was going to just say that. Yeah. yeah, he was like he had a thousand yard stare, and he was reliving <laughs> it, and we, it was so dreamy and beautiful. Like I, I felt the same as Sanders. I'm like. I want to take me there with you. Yeah. <laughs> I want to live there. Yeah. Yeah. That, like I, what I can really pick up is that magic of like seeing something that is just on paper. And at the end of the week, you're in a giant room and these things that somebody just typed on a piece of paper are suddenly props and like, like yeah. they've turned mm-hmm. into real things, which is like a very kid idea. That you could yeah, like yeah. write something down mm-hmm. on a piece of paper and then like, but that's magic, right? Yeah, oh, I mean yeah. that is magic. That, actually, uh, a billion years ago, I was a writer on a Comedy Central like late night talk show, uh, and the like the memory, the best memory of that whole process for me was like on the last episode, we had like pinned this thing like, oh, we'll have like a big like musical number like in the intro and it just like sat on a card on a corkboard that just said musical <laughs> number. Uh, and then we get to the, to the, like we're like shooting and it's me and this one other writer and we're like, okay, we have to sit down and we have to write this. And so we wrote it. It was like a gospel song. Uh, I wrote it as a gospel song. And then like we did that like on Thursday and on Friday morning, they like had brought in a gospel choir and then on Friday afternoon, there's a fucking amazing gospel choir of like 15 people in front of the Saudis doing this thing. It was like him and I like just trying to wake up uh, like <laughs> over shitty coffee and donuts, like just cramming things together. And just like the, the like that moment became this moment was like the true magic of like the insane magic of the entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. And now here we are an hour ago. This was a description on a calendar that said record (laughs) super legit podcast. And an hour later, we have done all of this guys. (laughs) Just as magical as the uh, experience Compton just told us about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely equal. All right. Uh, That's it, guys. I, I want to thank you all, uh, all, truly all, for joining us this week. Uh, I would like to thank our incredibly talented musician, uh, Matt Walker, for his intro and outro music from every single episode. You can uh, find his website in the show notes. Please, if you haven't already subscribed to us on your podcasting service of choice, uh, subscribe. 
Just leave us a five-star rating and review. Please uh, tell your friends about this podcast. We want more and more of you listening to this every single episode. It just makes us happy. It makes the world happy. Spread that joy. Maybe this will be someone else's first love that they'll talk about years and years from now. Uh, that, that would just fill my heart with joy. Fill every member of this team's hearts with joy. Spread the love. Hey, Jed, I should start recording now, yeah? I think this is the time to start recording. And I feel the time <laughs> I don't believe anything's on. Oh, my time. I kick the door on its hinges just so I can move. It's funny with you guys saying how I was looking up and, you know, up and to the right. My my camera's here uh, and you guys are up and to the right. <laughs> oh, I thought you were like having a moment. I was yeah. making eye contact with all of you. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs>